Thanks for checking out Free Chapel Young Adults. We are so excited to share our third Wednesday service with you. If you want any information about how you can get connected, text FCOCYA to 313131. We hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you next month for our next third Wednesday. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, In case we haven't met, my name's Cody. It's great to see all of you tonight. And uh, man, it feels good. It's always my favorite night of the the month, really, to be able to gather these third Wednesdays. Aren't you happy you came tonight? A few people. All right, all right. So um, tonight we're going to jump in, kind of as we always do, but just want to give a brief um, sort of introduction, kind of the whole heartbeat behind why we gather is to be able to center around conversations. And that's really what third Wednesdays are all about, is just a conversation on what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so... Um, if you're new here, if you're visiting, I want to say welcome to you as well. We're so glad that you're here. Maybe you're just checking out um, what this whole thing is about. And uh, what, what I think you'll find pretty quickly is that, you know, both of us up here tonight are pastors. We are Jesus people. Um, but the thing about this night is, you can tell, uh, the thing about it is this um, it's a great opportunity for you to just check out what it means to follow Jesus. And so as we dive into our conversation tonight, um, we're going to uh, unpack just this idea, as you saw there in the video, um, for your health. And the, the whole kind of centering around these, this season, season three, is we're going to unpack some conversations on what it means to be healthy as your whole self. And so tonight, as uh, we jump into this conversation, I'm joined with a really great friend of mine, but really he's family. Pastor Aaron Marshall is joining us. <laughs> from Georgia, and uh, it's great to have him. He really has been such a gift, such a friend, and uh, really uh, it's awesome to have family. One thing I think that we um, talk about all the time is that we are um, the family of God, but one thing that's just cool about Free Chapel is it's not just about really the one place that we have here in Orange County, but you may or may not know this, but there's eight different free chapels all around the country. And so Pastor Aaron has built young adults out in Georgia on our East Coast campuses. And But you're not a native, or you're not a stranger to Orange County. You're a California it's native. It's home. I used to live out here out in L.A. some time ago, so this definitely feels like home. And you were, correct me if I'm wrong, but a basketball coach at USC. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Trojans. Where my Trojan fans at? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There we go. She just graduated last month. So, um, yeah, so this this is just really cool to have you here. I, I love that we get to, something I think you just champion so well is that uh, we say it here as one of our values, but unity is our win. And so tonight is a great night for us to be able to kind of unify around. Um, obviously want to say welcome to everyone that is listening back on our podcast or online and I think we're going to be streaming this. Yeah, so shout to out Georgia to all campuses. of our young adults in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and ATL, Georgia. We Let's love you. Let's welcome them. Can we say what's up to them as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hold up, Pastor Cody. I don't yeah. know if you know this, but YA is like growing, growing. Let's go. We got family in Brazil. Shout out to our Whoa. Brazil family. Shout out to our family out in Europe. Like this thing is, is growing. Shut up. They, they tune into our online services. That's amazing. We're going to have to get like a Portuguese translation. We got some Brazilians here in the house. I know. I see you, Pedro. Hey. Hey. 
It's going to be fun. Um, it's really just, I think, so cool to be able to have a family all around. Tonight, we're going to be um, coming around this idea for your health. And uh, that whole topic, um, it comes from, I think, a prayer that we've had as a ministry, jumping into um, really what, what's going to happen in the next four months, just to kind of set the tone, is we're going to begin a series, a collection of conversations, um, talking about what it means to um, be healthy in every part of our lives. One, one question I think that I've just had in, after so many years of ministry and in my own life personally um, is kind of just this question that keeps resurfacing is like, what does God want? Maybe you've had that, converse, maybe you've had that question, that conversation with God. Like, you know, my um, desire is to please God. I want to please God. Um, but what, what is it that God wants from me? And um, this question, luckily, is one that Jesus himself answers for us. Um, in the scriptures, as we're going to turn to tonight in um, Mark chapter 12, um, Jesus begins to unpack this question, and, and it was very similar. They asked him, like, what do you want from us? Um, God, we want to honor you. We want to follow you. We want to do what it is that you want, but what is it that you want? Jesus says this in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. He says, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Really answering this question tonight, what does God want? He wants your love. What God wants from you is he wants your love. So how do we love God? We, we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. As if to say, um, the thing that God uh, really is not a question of our desire, but really a question of our alignment. We're aligning ourselves to the will of God. And so um, tonight we're going to begin with the first one, and each each kind of conversation around this, we're going to hit on each one of those. But tonight we're just going to jump in to what it means to be healthy um, in the heart. And I want to talk about the heart tonight, um, just by way of introduction. Why is it that you think like, talk to me about the heart? What do you what what comes to your mind? What what is it about the heart that is such a big deal to our walk with Jesus? It's so funny because like when I you know was growing in the faith, you would hear it all the time. It was like church lingo, like, oh, how's your heart? Your heart this, you know, your heart is deceitfully wicked. Like all these things about the heart. And I'm like, okay, but what does that mean? <laughs> but as I grew in the faith, I started to gain an understanding of what that actually entails. And for me, when you ask that question, there's two sort of thoughts and levels to that thought. The first one is the heart is a place that literally uh, in Ephesians 3, Paul said that Christ may dwell in your heart, right? So New Testament thought. Old Testament thought, Ezekiel 36, 26. Uh, Ezekiel said that he will give you a new heart and then put a new spirit in you. So in context, the heart is a place that houses the Holy Spirit. So when you start to really break it down, I mean, you hear Paul tells us that, you know, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, right? But that's not just a New Testament thought. That's an Old Testament thought. I look at 1 Kings, what is it, 6? where God was imploring Solomon to build the temple, in verse 19, it says something. It says that he prepared the sanctuary for the Ark of the Covenant. What is the Ark of the Covenant does? What does it house? God's presence. So in other words, our heart must be a place that is cultivated, built, and prepped for the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so I think it's so important to understand that now in context to, okay, what is the heart? Like, what makes the heart? To me, it's basically three things, the mind, will, and emotions, mm. all right? Mind, will, and emotions. Our mind, 
what we think, our thoughts, how we understand, how we perceive things, yeah. our will, our motives, our intentions, which leads to our actions, and then our emotions, the thing that helps us have a pulse on our health, are we good, how we feel, uh, gives us a pulse of our environment. You ever been in a place where you start to feel something, you're like, okay, this isn't right. That's your emotions talking to you mm. through the Holy Spirit to say, hold up now, you shouldn't be here. Wow. That was me one time. I was in the club doing my own thing. <laughs> I was do- I only- All I had was a two-step, y'all. I had no other moves. You but know that's I mean? all you need, really. That's all you need, really, yeah. really. So I'm two-stepping, and I just felt like, man, I should not be here. Huh. And I know that was the Holy Spirit, even in my sin, unctioning me to get the heck out of there. Wow. So mind, will, and emotions. And that's really, really good. And I love that thought because, you know, it's easy, I think, as... Um, a young adult, when you're maybe approaching scriptures to read stuff as if it's like old school, especially the Old Testament, we're like, God, what the heck does this mean? What are you talking about? We read books of the Bible or, or passages in the Bible, and it seems foreign and seems archaic and seems like, um, you know, that's just for back then. But really what the New Testament presents to us is just exactly what you said, that our ourselves, really our hearts, are the temple of the Holy Spirit, meant for to be a dwelling place. Yeah. Um, for Christ. I want to talk about really um, like why God cares so much about that. So when we're talking about the heart, um, like the Bible says a lot of things that like, you know, faith, all of it is is a matter of the heart. Um, the the kind of parts that we live in our lives, it all stre- stre- uh, streams from the heart. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, it says that we ought to guard our heart for from it flow all the issues of life. That really everything in life is a heart issue. I love that thought. What, what the writer of Proverbs says, it's a wisdom statement, having wisdom that, that all of our life is something that flows from the heart, that, that you can perceive maybe by a person the things that they value most. Guess what? It represents their heart, how they spend their time. Guess what? It, it represents something about their heart, how they respond to people or their priorities. All of that is a matter of the heart, even the way that they talk, the way that they act. That's, that's a heart that's matter. Really and I want to ask you, so as a young adult, what does that mean to guard your heart? And we're going to break down this passage maybe in two ways. But the first one is, I think, like so many years of ministry, or even being myself on the faith journey, that seems like the, the scapegoat answer. Like, I've got a serious question. What's the solution? Guard your heart, bro. Yeah. It's like, hey, but what, is that, what does that mean? Uh, help, help. It's so funny. You, when people say stuff like that and when like, people talk about the New Testament, I, I wanted to always get this little John button. That when people say that or when I read the Old Testament, I just slap that button and be like, what? You know what I mean? Like, wh- what are you trying to say? Like, <laughs> I didn't get it. So you know what I'm saying? Great. So, <laughs> what? But, but I'm sorry. I'm just silly. I like to have fun. It's good. But as it pertains to guard your heart, remember, the heart is sort of broken down into mind, will, and emotions. And he's telling us to guard those areas. Yeah. That's why in Romans 12, it says for us to renew and renovate our mind because it's a space we need to guard because if not we'll start to listen and grab a hold to the lies of the enemy anybody in this room ever had you know thoughts of you're not good enough Mm. you can never be you will never be you know you suck you know what I mean like anybody ever had thoughts like that well that's what the bible is imploring us to do to guard those thoughts from penetrating our mind and seeping down to you know, who we believe us to be. You see what I'm saying? 
Now, when it comes to our will, we need to guard that because, again, our will is our intentions and our motives. And if our motives are impure, we can never be the men and women of God that he's called us to be. So if I'm not guarding my heart and my will and I'm sitting here checking out women knowing I got a beautiful wife at home, I'm tripping. If I am, if I should be guarding my will and my intentions, I shouldn't be trying to manipulate and lie to make it up the corporate ladder, but I should trust God knowing that he got me. You see what I'm saying? And then emotions, you know, we got to guard that. Um, Enemy wants us to be emotionally immature and spastic, that when things happen, we're quick to just pop off. (laughs) And that's, that was me. That's my testimony. I was a hot head. I mean, you look at me funny. I'm like, what you looking at, sucker? You know? (laughs) And it's like, yo, bro, chill, relax, like, you know. But I've had to learn to grow and being emotionally mature and emotionally healthy to be able to navigate relationships, uh, (laughs) navigate marriage, navigate children, and navigate ministry. So when he says guard your heart, he's saying guard your mind, guard your will, and guard your emotions. So that's really good because you you talk about, like, I think a space that is often forgotten about, um, in church, because I think that if we feel maybe emotionally unhealthy, we uh, we tend to you know think that maybe something is wrong on the inside, and we, we think that it's like neglected. Maybe something's wrong with my relationship with God. Something's wrong with me. I said it like this on Sunday. I just believe it so much to be the case that God's plan for our life includes emotional health and relational wealth, and we 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 dealt with the relationship side of it on Sunday. But the emotional side of it here tonight, um, I think part of that, that second half of it, that everything we do flows from that. And really keeping, just paying attention to our mind, our will, and our emotions. Each of these things that are, are meant to be protected, they're meant to be cared after. And, and not to be, um, I, you know, love just what you said, not to be so reactionary. But as a Christian, it means that I'm always pursuing health on the inside. Why? Because everything is a matter of the heart. I love just what the writer of Proverbs says, that if it's in my heart, it's my responsibility. That, you know, so many things, we're just, it's, it's amazing. Like, we're, we're so careless about the things that we let into our heart. We think like, oh, it's just the way that I feel, or it's, or it's just, you know, I, I have the right to feel this way. And, and we're careless maybe about the things that we let in, but really it becomes our, um, it becomes our responsibility. No, but just to go a little deeper into that, like, we got to watch, uh, one of the ways we practically watch our heart and guard our heart is by our gates. So we talked about the mind, will, and emotions, but within the context of our spirit and our souls are our gates, our eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, right? So if I'm trying to guard my mind, my will, and my emotions to be Christ-like, I have to be mindful of what I'm watching. Yeah, good. So if I'm a man of integrity and a man of Christ, I I can't be looking at pornography. Yeah. And... I may have to delete some right. by, some people off of social media that may be dressing pr- provocative. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. So if I'm trying to guard my will and my emotions, me listening to crunk, turn up music all day probably is not going to have me in the space of humility but wanting to fight somebody, you know yeah. what I mean? Or let's just say, you know, God brought me to a season of, you know, being celibate, you know? And if I'm going to operate in that, I have to guard my my mind and my will, so that means I have to watch my ear gates and I can't be listening to Chris Brown. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, doing all this like, girl. 
<laughs> so good. Like, I can't do that. I, like, so I think the practical side of guarding your heart is guarding your gates. And even conversations. Yeah. I never forget one time, Pastor Cody, if you don't mind me sharing no, this story. I was working out with some guys. Um, they, they weren't saved, but, you know, we just had a camaraderie or whatever. And we would be working out, and then they would start, you know, I was in this season of being celibate. I was like, just, Lord, I'm sold out for you. You, you can have mm. me. But their conversations would start shifting to, like, women, like, trying to point. And what's funny is they caught wind of me after a while. But when they would start those conversations, I'd be like, you ever see that uh, meme with Homer Simpson going back in the bushes? <laughs> Y'all, that was me. That was me. I, I wasn't playing with it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to head out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and after some time, they caught wind of it, and they were like, bro, like, why every time we start talking about women and girls, you, like, roll out? Now, they took it somewhere, which, mm. you know, I had to explain, like, bro, it ain't what you think. It's just that. And I explained. <laughs> All due respect, but I was like, bro, listen. <laughs> I used to be ratchet, but, you know, <laughs> but I just had to explain to them. Yeah. And what was so interesting about the conversation, Pastor Cody, was it was foreign to them. Hmm. They was like, wait, you're not doing this. You're not trying to get that. You're not trying. No. But it was an opportunity to minister. But yeah. what I was doing was guarding my gates with conversation. Love that. To where I didn't feel like I had to say something that was a lie and false and I think the phrasing is cap. I didn't have to cap. Did I say it right? This guy. Yeah. Is that a Cali term? Okay, it's a yeah. Georgia thing. I'm sorry. Grace, Grace, all right? I'm just now coming back to Cali, so Grace, Grace. <laughs> but I had to watch my conversation, yeah. so I would just roll out. But again, through me being a, a person of integrity and character, I was able to minister to them and give them perspective. Yeah. But I was, guarding, I was guarding my mind, my will, and my emotions. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about, like, those, those patterns or those guardrails for a moment. Because um, I think one of the things that oftentimes um, gets maybe a bad rap in church is um, the idea of like spiritual disciplines. Um, especially because as young adults, it's, it's easy, I think, for us to think of that something as something of the past. It's religious spirit. It's archaic. It's legalistic. Um, but the more Really, I think the older I get, we talked a little bit about it last last third Wednesday, but the older I get, I almost feel like the more intense I get. Um, just because I understand, like, this is not a game. And it, it really does matter the, the, the boundaries that you have. I think spiritual disciplines are something that I like to think of as like a pattern or as a boundary, not as just like a set of rules to be followed. Um, but when it comes to like some of those spiritual disciplines, like what's your take on those? I think they're super important, but I think what happens is, is the reason why they tr people try to make it archaic or like, oh, that's Old Testament is because they don't want to do it. <laughs> right. They, they don't want to live in the discipline. Yeah. But in order to be a disciple, I must have discipline. Yeah. So, and I, I love that's what good. you said, man. You said guardrails. Yeah. Those spiritual disciplines, first and foremost, you know, the ones of like praying, fasting, um, to sometimes to this generation, it was like fasting. Wait, fasting what? Just social media? No, food. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's a spiritual discipline. Um, worshiping. Yeah. Like, it was so foreign for me to, like, worship by myself because I got used to the corporate setting. True. And the first time I tried to do it, it was so awkward. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm in my room. 
And I'm like, and I'm trying to sing, and I'm like, shut up, you sound terrible. Like, <laughs> but I built the discipline of, you know, worshiping it. And it was that tension of awkwardness at first, but then I just kept at it, which yeah. helped build discipline practically. Like, not hanging out with, you know, women or woman late night. Um, discipline of, you know, um, you know, just doing the things I know I needed to do to guard myself and be the man of God he called me to be. But those disciplines are super important, and it's something we must do. Like, for example, for all my guys, any guys in here work out? Any guys in here be in the gym? Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody goes to the gym? <laughs> we try. Ladies, we try. any ladies go to the gym in here? There we go. Yeah! <laughs> See, ladies, y'all holding it down tonight. Guys, I'm, yep. listen, come on. Now, now for, for, for you to accomplish your goals, whatever that may be, to get stronger, to have a certain look, yeah. you have the discipline of going to the gym and doing the workouts that that it requires. It's the same thing. You're not going to get to your goals or your gains or whatever it may be mm. until you have the discipline yeah. to do what you know you need to do. But it's the same thing spiritually. And the thing about that is, you know, we see it on Instagram or whatever. It's kind of funny, but the, like especially when it comes to working out, the thing that everyone says is trust the process. How is it that we'll trust the worldly process, but we won't trust Say the kingdom it again. process? Yes. Like so good. I don't understand it. So good. But we'll 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 trust the fitness process, we'll trust the self-care process, we'll trust the makeup process. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies, I had to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like we'll we'll trust all these worldly processes, but yeah. when it comes to the things of God, we're like, eh, I'm good. No. No, yeah. that's the most important one. Right. Because that's the one that's not only going to set you free, but it's going to allow you to be the person so that God has called you to be. So right. good. That's really, really good. Because the thing about, like, especially when it comes to spiritual disciplines, I've just learned, like, when it comes to, the, like, the matter of our heart, the way that it shapes us, um, maybe I'll say it like this. Like, your heart, who you are, it's not what you believe most. It's what you trust most. <gasps> Like we, we, being a Christian is so much more than just believing the right things. Belief should lead to like some sort of transformation, some sort of life change. Like I can believe that eating healthy is going to make me lean. But if I'm slamming McDonald's every day, I'm trusting something else, right? And, and this is the thing I think about like if we're trusting the processes of God, he has actually given us a set of patterns, a set of parameters for us to live by in order to form us into the person he wants us to be. That's why prayer matters. That's why worship matters. It's why serving and, and fasting and tithing, it matters because it trains our heart in faithfulness. It trains our heart in trusting God because we're, we're not just saying we're believing a, a, a cool set of ideas that help me to feel better when I'm down. No, 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 we're trusting the process of God to say he knows better than I do how I steward my soul, how I steward my time, how I steward my money, because it's a heart thing, and it really, really does matter. I don't know if you have any thoughts no, about I mean, that. You, you hit it home. I think <laughs> I love what you said. Like, think about we go back to exercise, and if you want to have a healthy heart, you have to be committed. Yeah. Two, you said committed to the, the process, but... Commitment, I think of in terms of the faith, is faith, which is trusting that God knows better. Yes. 
trusting that he will do better for my life, yeah. trusting that he is good and that he is good for me. Yeah. But it's so hard for us to trust because we, in our humanity, we want the tangible. Yeah. We, we want to like be able to see it and touch it and things of that nature. So that's why we'll lean on that relationship. That's why we'll lean on money. That's why we'll lean on that job or whatever. When those things are fleeting. Mm. But when we can literally have faith and trust in a God that we may not see, but he's so real, yeah. he's so real, yeah. then we will start to look like him, act like him, and have all of heaven representing us in our lives for his glory. So but good. We have to have faith and trust, but it's commitment just like anything else. But yeah. some of us have commitment phobia, but we won't go there. Maybe we need to. <laughs> I love, I love it because <clears throat> talking about spiritual disciplines, let me maybe pivot for a moment and we'll kind of go full circle. Um, I think part of many of us here tonight would say like, um, I want to trust God or maybe like we want the want to trust God. Like we know it's the right thing to do, but really I think that the, the area that becomes such a struggle is that when our emotions get the best of us. And that's why it's so important to be emotionally, you know, healthy. Yeah. You know, it's just we got to get out of this mindset that, you know, and, and I think we're coming out of a day and age where, you know, we weren't allowed to be in tune with our emotions. I know for me growing up, I was, yeah. you know, a young kid being, being told, don't cry. Men don't cry, mm. you know, and just suck it up. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like. So you start to suppress your emotions when sure. that's the very thing that allows you to gauge your health. Yeah. Engage where you are. And then for women, and hear me, I'm not trying to be sexist, so please don't boo me on this. But like, you know, on some level, I remember, you know, my mom, you know, championing my uh, sister to like be overly emotional. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just didn't make sense to me. So I think we got to have a balance. Like you can't be overly emotional but you can't suppress your emotions so part of being emotionally healthy is just going through the process of being in tune with your emotions and having the spaces to communicate them and process them but only way you really grow in that maturity or health is through a, a healthy relationship with jesus yeah um think of think about jesus jesus was so in tune with his emotions mm. think about when lazarus was dead he wept yeah but it was that compassion that brought him to heal him and bring him back to life. Right. Think about, you know, you know, Jesus had compassion for the lame and he had the compassion for sinners. But that was the very thing that he used, those emotions of compassion and empathy to heal them and set them free. Yeah, right. So emotions isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Like it literally allows us to navigate life and navigate relationships. Um, but we have to heal. And I think that's where... Mm. The struggle is yeah the not knowing or not recognizing how our past has affected our present which will if it's not put in order will literally destroy our future mm. so when i found wow. out that i was emotionally immature and unhealthy like god started to reveal things to me and i, I just love scripture man because scripture yeah. be just breaking things down and the Bible says in Hosea, what, 4, 6, that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Now, we know in context that can, that's like the word of God. We don't have um, knowledge of the word or knowledge of the spirit and how God's moving. But God showed me something practically as it pertained to myself. 
that I, ha- I didn't have knowledge of who I was and didn't have knowledge of how God wired me and didn't have knowledge of how the wounds and the experiences that I had gone through was affecting me. But it was through a relationship he started to unpack me and say, this is why you're like this. This is why you react like this. This is why you treat people like this. This is why you're like that. And as he began Mm -hmm. to reveal through his spirit, he began to give me the tools to deal with him. Son, go to therapy. Well, God, if I go to therapy, people are going to judge me. No, it's going to get you healthy and help you be free. Go to therapy. Yeah. Well, God, I don't have anybody to talk to. I'm going to put the right mentors and people around you. So he began to give me safe spaces to be able to now grow and deal with my emotions and then have the wisdom and mentorship to actually practically talk it through and navigate through. Yeah. But through that, I began to, you know, come to a place of being more emotionally um, healthy and mature. Yeah, that's really great. And that's kind of the, the tone for this night is talking about emotional health, especially in the heart. You bring up a great thought that I think so many of us are getting so many mixed messages about emotions, and it leads us to having mixed emotions. Um, like, you know, on, on one hand, we are all submersed in a culture where messages are thrown at us all the time to follow our emotions, do what makes you feel good, do what makes you feel at peace. Um, we deserve happiness. And it's, we're, we're being told like that our emotions are kind of the, um, the, the, the thermometer. Like this is the gauge on um, whether you're successful in life. Um, it, it has really turned to this, this um, I guess, this pattern of, of a bunch of people saying like the goal in my life is to be happy and at peace, really to feel those emotions. But on the other side, I think there is this subculture in church where our emotions are demonized. And we're told, like, don't listen to your emotions and don't be led by your emotions and don't trust your emotions. And it kind of leads us in this, like, well, I don't know. What the heck am I supposed to feel? Yeah. And it really does, I think, give us this, this um, sort of challenge. But, but what I find in the scriptures is there's actually this middle path where it's, it's not about, you know, the feelings necessarily aren't bad, but, I, but what you do with the feelings is really the most important thing. The book of Psalms, it it paints us this picture of bringing the full spectrum of our emotions before God. Like all throughout the book of Psalms, you can find like radical just happiness and joy and celebration. You can find sorrow and despair and bewilderment. You can find pain and suffering. And all of those emotions are brought before God in worship. It's so funny you say that because I literally, you know, got a picture of King David. Yeah. King David was like, God, why have you left me? This is bad and da-da-da. I'm sick of it. He was cussing and stuff. And then he said, but Lord, I love you. You are the (laughs) apple of my eye. I desire you. But God, you did this. But God, I love you. And I just adore you. And so, but we got to be able to navigate our emotions, but give it to God. Right. Give it to God because it's only his spirit that can literally bring about revelation and understanding and application. Yeah. And, and I think there is this, like, tension a little bit where I think there's some emotions in particular that we try and suppress. Is it, like, is it okay for me to feel this way? And I, I, I sure hope people don't, like, uh, God doesn't think that, like, I'm, like, not doubting him because I'm mad or because I don't understand maybe the process. Can you help, like, can you help us tonight? What's a grid for, like, the emotions that you have or how to maybe be a little bit more emotionally healthy do we all need to take the enneagram or like what's the what's the what are some grids that you have 
uh, for discerning those emotions? I think first and foremost, like awareness. Mm. Um, I think if we can be aware of where we are in our emotions, that's the first and, and most important thing. But I think as you navigate having the awareness, yeah. the only way you're going to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding is through the Holy Spirit. Because even in the context, I'm just being transparent tonight, I do go to therapy. Yeah. And she's a Christian counsel, uh, therapist, but as she's helping me navigate these things, I'm taking it back to prayer and allowing yeah. now the Holy Spirit to navigate That's truth. Good. Because the Bible says that what? The truth will set us free. Yeah. So that therapist can't set me free. Yeah. She can give me perspective. But then as I take it to prayer, now the Holy Spirit will breathe revelation really that will really set me free. So it's awareness and then the practical side of going to get help. Um, but then it's like, yeah. you know, again, just having the right kind of support system too. Mm. I think that's a big thing in terms of grid. If you are constantly getting advice from your peers, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and hear me, I'm I'm not dissing your friend group or anything like that. I'm not telling you to look at the person next to you like it's <laughs> it's over after the night. We just we can't yeah. be friends. You heard what he said, you know. I'm saying that like so like for me, I, I try to get advice from people that are further in life, whether in the context of like Pastor Cody, you've been in ministry for years. So I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't go and seek your wisdom. Mm. But it's the same thing in terms of me putting the right people. I should be able to have people that are older than me, a little wiser than me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who have more experience than me, who have gone through more things than me to help me navigate, okay, when you popped off when you were younger, what did that look like? And they can say, well, back when pickles was a nickel, this is how I dealt with <laughs> But it's wisdom in that stuff, though, you know what I'm saying? So... I think the awareness, the Holy Spirit, and then having the right sort of people around you, but people that are older, wiser, and have yeah. more experience. Yeah, that's good. Just talking about processing up. Um, I think it's easy for us, at least I know in my life, I'm the first when something doesn't go my way, I'm the first to jump on the phone and complain and to you know question and did you hear so like and start doing this laterally. And I like, usually take some intentionality to say, no, 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 pause all of that. Let me first ask God for his opinions. And then secondly, if I really need to, to know how to navigate this, I call them gray heads. Find some gray heads in my life and ask them, like, hey, have you ever been here before navigating that? I, this is why the word is so good, because James says that the word of God, the Bible, is like a mirror. Yes. And yes. so... One thing that we all did before we came tonight, some of us longer than others, is that you looked in the mirror. True? You looked in the mirror. Why? Because you wanted to see, you wanted to fix anything that was out of place. Anything that was out of place around here, we've tried to fix it to make sure that it was back in place, mm. to make sure that it was right, mm. to make sure that it looked good, <laughs> make sure that it was presentable, right? The thing is, we do that on the outside. The Bible says that that is what the Word of God does for us on the inside. So that when, every time we open this, the, the, the mystery about this is, I'm not just reading it, but it's reading me. And the Holy Spirit is telling me what's out of place in here. The problem is, when we, when we have a generation that maybe is, you know, wrapped up in emotions and not navigating the mirror, 
our emotional health, we actually, like talking about my spirit, my responsibility, we actually forfeit the responsibility of our heart. And instead of allowing God to tell us what's out of place, we expect everyone else Everybody. to tell us what's out of place. And what we don't realize is that when we just lean on people, people have biases. Yeah. People will give you advice based on their perception of you. People will give you advice based on, and people will cap you. So, like, I, I told a story. It's true. Like, no, for real. Like, sometimes people will give advice based on just the context they, that they have, but they're not with you on the day-to-day. Yeah. So why would you trust? And the Bible was so clear. Paul said it in, in 1 Corinthians. Do not allow your faith to be sort of grown and, and cultivated by man, but only by the power yeah, of the almighty really God. So if I'm leaning on man, I'm in trouble. True. Man is an aid and a resource. Man is not the source. So good. So God will put resources to allow you now to go to the source and get revelation, to get truth, yeah. to get understanding, and to get true wisdom that comes from this. Not yeah. wisdom of man. I, I mean, I can sit up here and give you things, but I implore you as you are thinking through and maybe taking notes or processing, go back in prayer and then go see what this says. Because I only can give you, you know, so much. But that's why even Paul said that we only see in part. That's why prophecy is important. Because mm-hmm. we'll see in the little box, but when a prophet comes with a word from heaven, all of a sudden our perspective changes. Yeah. It opens us up to really see things that we've never seen before or see things in a way we've never seen before. So good. So practically, the, the, the habits of emotional health or maybe the habits of a healthy heart, um, is there anything that you would say, like leaving this place, just a, just a good you know, check-in on our heart? Like what do we need to do? Again, de- develop those spiritual disciplines yeah. daily. I know that's so hard at times because we can just be so busy. Yeah. You know, so practically, what does your day look like? And a lot of times we'll just say, oh, I just don't have time to read Mm. my Bible. I just don't have time. But I've literally over the summer, the Lord convicted me because I started getting real busy Mm. because I used to do my devotional time at night. But then my wife flipped the script on me and said, no, I just want you to come hang out with me and cuddle me. And I'm like... (laughs) I ain't going to say no to that. So, hey. <laughs> And then my kids, before they go to bed, they want my attention. I got my son being like, yeah. Daddy, look, 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 look. And I got my daughter just staring at me laughing and giggling. So I was like, oh, well, I don't have time. And the Lord said, make time. So practically, I had to switch my schedule to go to bed early and now get up early before everybody to have my devotional time. So I had to practically make time for my time with God. So I think that's, that's one good. important thing we, we must do. Yeah, and that's that's so important. I mean, it's what, what we're talking about tonight, that the source of really all health should be formed in that daily time with Jesus. And it seems like simple. It seems like, yeah, duh, like, did I really come to Third Wednesday for someone to tell me to do my devotions? But it's hard, though. Right. And that's why you got to be intentional with looking at your lifestyle and looking at your schedule and say, how can I... Like, it must be a priority. Yeah. It must be the thing that you say, you know what? I may not understand it. I may not get the full context, but I'm going to do it and build a habit. Yeah. Take 21 days to build a habit. So you may just say, you know what? For this next month, I'm going to build a habit of setting 
my time with God to be at this specific time and yeah. then stick to it. Yeah, and I think, I think too, just changing maybe our focus. So many times we'll like open up this book to like um, maybe check off a box or like you know I, I read Jesus Calling today, so we're good. Or like, um, or 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 we we will treat this like I'm just trying to get something instead of just like meditating before the Lord and saying like God examine me. One of the boldest prayers I think you could ever pray, Psalm 26. It says, "Test me, O Lord." examine my heart and my mind. Really, as we're talking about heart tonight, we're talking about um, really this perspective, guarding it, taking care of it, making sure that I'm healthy on the inside. The Bible, Paul writes that he prays that the eyes of our heart would be opened. Why is this important? Because the eyes of our heart are more important than the eyes on our face. How we see things, our perspective in the natural is one thing, but the perspective of our heart shapes everything. The perspective that our heart has, it influences these eyes. It influences the way that I navigate life. It influences my relationship with God. And just that starting place where instead of like trying to get a, like a motivational quote on my Instagram, that I'm actually opening myself up to God and saying, God, examine me. Like what are the areas of my heart that are, um, you know, not healthy? What are the areas of my heart that I've maybe chased selfish ambition? And my motivation is off. Like, I'm trying, because the thing is, you could even, like, do a good thing, but it may not be a God thing. And, like, it, our, our motivation behind it could seem like, yeah, it's the right thing, but if, we're, it's, if it's selfish ambition, then at the end of the day, we're just using the gospel to promote ourselves. So just like God examine me, just this, this, this process of saying I'm open to whatever it is the Holy Spirit would want to say in my life. I mean, you said something really good, Pastor Cody. You said build that discipline of meditating. Yeah. And I think one of the things that if we're not careful, we'll become that generation where it's hard for us to do is sit still. Yeah. And one of the other disciplines that I've had to grow in over the years is sitting still and being quiet. Because we'll go to, you know, again, we'll check it off the box. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. All right, I pray today. <laughs> yeah. But I don't want to just pray to God to get something or pray yeah. for something. I want to pray to get something. So as I pray and I say what's on my heart, I now sit. And we do this thing uh, with our daughter who's 11 where we pray together and then we'll sit in the living room and we sit and we'll have quiet time and journal time where we are cultivating her being able to sit still and uh, sit quiet and hear the voice of God. But we get so really busy, <laughs> even in our prayer, like I say, a little quick prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know? <laughs> but sometimes in the context of building a discipline of prayer, yeah. it's a two-way street. If I'm always doing the talking and never listening, I'm never going to grow mm. to my understanding. So as I cultivate my prayer time, I need to sometimes be quiet and hear, write, and journal. So good. I think that, you know, maybe just to kind of wrap up here tonight, that is kind of the goal of what it means to be a Christian. It's that, you know, it's not just that, you know, my beliefs align with this organization. <laughs> it really isn't. It's, it's, that's, that's step one. But the, the, heart, the heart, I guess, behind it all is that God forms us and that there's just this posture of, like, being with Jesus, Christians are so funny because we say that we want to spend eternity with God, but we struggle to spend five minutes with God. 
What's your cash app? I'm going to send you my ties. <laughs> but it's real, though. It's real. It's real. Like, the point of this whole thing is being with Jesus. That's the goal of our life. How do we foster emotional health? Be with Jesus. It's a great place to start. You said something earlier. A relationship with Jesus is actually the foundation of health for your whole self. H's were hard for me to say. <laughs> this is the foundation of it all. That 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 Jesus is the the pin, it's, He's my example. He he's the one that is my comforter. He's the one that's that's telling me on the inside. Hey, check your heart. Check your motivation. It's it's the thing that opens my life up to the thing that God would be speaking to help me be more like Him. But but think about again. We talk. The, the Bible is just undefeated. Yeah. But the Bible says where your treasures are. That's yeah. where your heart will be. But the question is, what are our treasures? Yeah. Are your tre- is your treasure that relationship? Is your treasure that job? Is yes. your treasure's money? Fame? Instagram glory? Right. Those things are fleeting, and they're not going to cultivate the spirit that is in you. Yeah. But my question is, if you are willing to have these treasures, what if he asked you to lay them down? Yeah. Do we have our hearts so in love for him? Are we truly for him and just want him and trust him that our heart is just our affection? Yeah. It's just Jesus. And I, I, I told, you know, the students earlier that I've asked my question that if, if God asked me to lay things down, God, you can have it. Yeah. Because I just love you. Mm-hmm. But can my treasure just be him. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Real quick, I just, because one of my favorite messages that you have is about the grapes. Just going off that same thought. Can you give us the two-minute version of that? Because I think it's actually brilliant for what yeah. it is that you're talking about. Where, where, Because our treasure, the thing is that, that in, a, in the context, it is referring to money. However, we can value a lot of things above our relationship with God. And if that becomes a higher value, it becomes an idol. Absolutely. So, again, I, I wrote this thought some time ago about what if. And, again, it was based off that scripture, which in context was about money. But it took me to the Nazarite vow. Yeah. And if anybody knows about the Nazarite vow in number six, there's all these kind of like, demands to sort of be in line with, you know, uh, being a Nazarite. You can't have grapes. Uh, you can't cut your hair. Uh, you can't do all these things. So I pose the question, like, really, grapes? Like, I can't have grapes? But it, it's not about the grapes. It's about if God called you to lay something down, would you? If he called you to lay something down, yeah. would you? If he called you to lay down that alcohol, would you lay it down? If he called you to lay down that relationship, would you lay it down? If he called you to move from one state to another state because he he, he was doing something and wanted you to uh, uh, walk in a bigger purpose, would you do it? Yeah. But think about the rich young ruler. Mm. He was so caught in his treasures, he wasn't willing to lay it down to follow Jesus. Yeah. I'm talking not just follow Jesus spiritually, but in the physical. Mm-hmm. In the physical, yeah. he was so wrapped in his treasures that he was like, God was like, just lay them down and follow me. He said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to just keep these things. I love my gold. 
<laughs> I love my Gucci belt. Do they do people <laughs> even wear Gucci belts? Still? I don't know. They do in Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so wrapped into stuff that he was willing to hold it and not lay it down to follow mm-hmm. and be committed and serve Jesus. Yeah. So what if? So I just ask tonight as you process this heart thing, this heart, do I have a heart for for Jesus? Do I have a heart for the kingdom? What if he's calling you tonight to lay something down? And that's going to be the key to unlocking a true heart that's after him. Yeah. So good. Just in closing, it brings me to this last thought. Um, When I was in high school, because here's the thing, I think he is calling all of us to lay something down. All of us here, like, I, I don't know what maybe all of it is, but you do because the Holy Spirit has brought something to your soul, brought something to your heart, brought something to your mind. God is calling all of us to, to lay something down, to get our lives, our hearts in the right priority. C.S. Lewis talks about the four loves, that they would be in the right priority, that our love for God would be primary. And there is for all of us so easy, even on a daily basis, to let those priorities get out of order. It was in high school when I read the um, biography of um, Jim Elliott, who was a missionary to the Waka Indians down in Ecuador, and he studied at Wheaton College, and the biography was their journals between him and his wife. And when he was um, in college, he wrote down this thought. It's actually plastered on the side of Wheaton College today. And he wrote this thought down that he is no fool to give what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool to give what he can't keep, to gain what he can't lose. The thing is, this life, what we have here, it's so easy to let our values, to let our health get out of whack, chasing who knows what. But at the end of the day, we can't keep it. To gain what? Like the rich young, rich young ruler, to follow Jesus? Are you kidding? What could be in comparison to that? Because at the end of the day, the thing that would be true of Jim Elliott's story is that he would give his life. That on the shores there of Ecuador, he would lay down his life on the mission field because at the end of the day, you can't even keep your own life. It's in giving it that you gain eternal life that you can't lose. To give yourself to something, to the kingdom of God, to a relationship with Jesus, to gain something that you can't lose. It's a beautiful question here tonight. Um, just as we close, I'd love it to do this. Can we all stand up together? Maybe let's just close our eyes and think about that thought there. If God was calling you to something, what if? What if tonight this is your moment where God is calling you into a relationship with him? What if this was the night where this third Wednesday God has said, What do I want? I want your heart. I want your love. I want you to love me with with your whole heart, for you to place your trust in me. To give what you can't keep, to gain something you cannot lose. Jesus defined this, John chapter three. He says, if anyone wants to enter heaven, to live in eternal life, that he would be born again. Just like we need a physical birth, we also need a spiritual rebirth. How does it happen? It happens in a relationship with Jesus, just admitting the first step, just to have a little bit of self-awareness to say, you know what, I've been, 
trusting in everything else except Jesus. But on the inside, I'm broken, I'm searching, I'm lost, I'm hurt, I'm unhealthy. My heart is all out of whack because I'm broken. And there's something on the inside of me that I can't fix by myself. It's not a person, it's not a priest, a pastor, or a program. I need Jesus to mend me, to heal me, to make me healthy, to believe, to start here just believing in our heart that Jesus is who he said he is, that he died for me, that I could have eternal life with him. And finally, to confess, as we will here in a moment, to pray. This is just what it means to, to, to be a Christian, that we would be saved here in this moment of, of really checking our trust and surrendering ourselves to him. I just wanna ask you this question. Really, it's what the whole night is about. If you're here tonight and you just say, you know what, I've been trusting in everything else, but tonight I'm making a decision to trust in Jesus. I'm following Jesus to surrender control, to let him be the really the boss, the one in charge of my life. Not about hype, it's not about anything else. Just here in this moment, maybe your, your heart is stirred to follow Jesus. I just wanna ask you this question. If you're here tonight, you wanna follow Jesus to be born again, to experience eternal life with him. I'm just gonna ask you right now, nobody looking around, but just give me a wave so I know who it is that we're praying for here tonight. To know if you want to follow Jesus, just shoot your hand up all across this place. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four. Anybody else? Let's all pray this prayer here together. We say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me, so I wouldn't have to. And I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with you. Today, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart to follow you. I believe that you can heal me that you can restore me, that you can make me whole. So God, in this moment, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. Come on, say it. Say, I give you my heart. Whatever it is that you ask, I give you my heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Can we celebrate those people here tonight just in worship at this moment?